Are you feeling stuck making minimum payments on your credit card debt? Savewithconrad.com can help, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. Oh, and did I mention no house payments for two months? Get rid of your credit card debt and lower your monthly payments right now at savewithconrad.com. What's going on, everyone? It's time for another edition of DDP Snake Pit presented to you by Podcast Heat and adfreeshows.com. I'm John Albert, joined as I am here on the Snake Pit by two bona fide classy Hall of Famers themselves. Let's start this week with Mr. Diamond Dallas Page, DDP. What's cooking, man? Hey, dude, getting ready for that uh, Ric Flair roast, oh, man. Yeah. Getting ready, getting ready. You don't want to miss that. It's also going to be on a, a pay-per-view, too. They're going to hook that up uh, with Rick's last match coming up. So uh, I know Conrad's all over that with StarCast, so I'm sure it's everywhere. I am very excited for StarCast. I'll be there. I know you'll be there. It's going to be a very exciting weekend there at the end of July, SummerSlam weekend. Jake the Snake Roberts, my friend, how are you? <laughs> Hey, man, August 13th, New York City, right across from uh, Madison Square Garden, brother. Dwight Gooden, myself. It's going to be crazy, man. Also, we're going to be going to the UK. I've uh, got a tour coming up. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm going to be doing some signings, but also going to be doing uh, a Q&A, a meet and greet. Uh, also going to be doing something with uh, the uh, wrestling organization out there. Going to be doing a, a teaching thing, which you've been Yo, uh, matter of fact, the one in Glasgow, Drew McIntyre was there. Yeah. As a kid, Drew Galloway. Uh, that was God. Yeah. Twenty some years ago. Shut up. So I'm going to be doing. <laughs> I'm going to be doing a seminar. I'm going to be doing a seminar there, but we're also, of course, going to be doing a DDPY tour. And my wife Paige and I will be, I'm sure, in London, Glasgow, uh, Birmingham, Manchester, uh, Cardiff. So uh, just get, go to diamonddollarspage.com and all the information will be there for the tour. And I've got a horrible memory about Manchester. Oh, really? Yeah, man. Back in the day, we are over there and it was hot, boy. It was hot. We got the curtain. They're fixing to start my music. Now, who are you? Are you with WWE at the time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm ready, man. <laughs> Just start just as they start my music, this guy comes up. Hey, would you mind signing this autograph for my son? I'm like, get the fuck out of here, you fucking idiot. God damn, I'm fixing to go to the ring and I shove him, right? Oh God. After my match, I come back and found out that I just uh <clears throat> shoved the late senior of Led Zeppelin. Robert Plant? Yes. <laughs> oh my god. I said, where is he? I need to talk to him. He left. Oh my god. But you know what? He should have known better. I mean, of all people, that cat been in front of the biggest crowds in the world. But uh, but you you, you must have must have ate you and still oh, eat you. Still kills me. It still kills you. Still kills me. Oh my Shoved god! Robert Plant backstage yeah. at the show yeah. in Manchester. Told this kid to fuck off too. That's great, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I ought to win those fans over. Yeah. That might be my favorite. Jake. That, sounds, that, sounds like, that sounds like something Raven would do. 
Oh, my God. <laughs> well, we're the, talking about Raven great today. Segue, oh, great segue. We are talking about Raven. Yeah. We're talking about a guy who has wrestled everywhere. He's been in every major company, WCW, WWE, ECW, TNA. He's encountered both of you. He's been inspired by you, Jake the Snake Roberts. There's so much that goes into the career of Raven, and I'm really glad that we're going to tackle him here on DDP Snake Pit. And, and he really... Uh, he's been around for a long time too. And he is very near and dear to me because I do some work with the monster factory in Jersey. And he was trained by Larry Sharp over there, who is an iconic wrestling figure in New Jersey, as I'm sure you're aware, Dallas page. Sure, and sure. Uh, he ended up making his debut in 1988 against Jimmy Jack Funk. When was the first time you, either of you oh, guys remember oh, coming across oh. Raven? Um, for why don't you say Jake, uh, did you oh, follow? Man, I can't remember. <laughs> for me, for me was see oh back when Scotty was, you know Scotty Levy, aka Scotty Levy. I always call him Raven, you know today. But uh, uh, back when he was Scotty the Body, you know when I first, you know I'd seen his stuff before, but when I got to WCW, he was Scotty the Body. And at the time, in the beginning, I was still managing. I actually met him at Lex Luger's and Sting's main event gym. Not the one that were in Marietta where it was like stripper central. Some of the greatest, some most beautiful strippers ever all came to that gym. And uh, all the boys worked out there too. It was like, Imagine that. yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but it was crazy to be a, a, a civilian and walk in there and get in the treadmill <laughs> and look around at the people jacked up, the boys, you know, and the girls jacked up. Uh, you know, it was made a lot of people walk out. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people will never want to leave. Um, but uh, you know, I met jo- I met Scotty at uh, at the main event uh, that was over on uh, Buford, and uh, I don't think Lex had the other place at the time. Or I know I was living in Marietta at the time. But you know, I, I I loved his energy, man, and we bonded. You know, we we we. You know, bantered a lot, uh, but he became a really good friend of mine over the time. Uh, and I know that a huge influence in his life, just not me, it's many guys, but, you know, Raven was a, a huge uh, influence, or I should say you were a huge influence in his life. So uh, last week we were lucky enough to uh, have Mark Barrow come and join us. And this week... Let's bring the Raven himself. Oh, man. Don't Rabbit your chair, out baby. I'm you? not carrying my own chair. Oh, I, <laughs> I like it. Oh, How you doing? Good baby? to see you, man. <laughs> oh, man. Sitting next to these. Some, uh, some things never change. Yeah. Well, you know. Try, you want, try to slide up a little bit farther so you're taller, Scotty. There you go. <laughs> slide up to here. Six, six foot doesn't mean nothing with six oh, five and six eleven no. next to me. Oh, my God. No, it doesn't. Six and, foot. Where, where did you ever hit six foot? Uh, <laughs> okay. okay, so, um, Ray, why don't you, because, you know, I know you've like been a fan and of all people I've ever talked to besides him, uh, you had, a, I thought one of the best understandings of the business, the psychology of a promo to, uh, to a match. And before you could even really do it as well as you would become, cause you were one of my favorite people to work with in the ring. And we had some great, yeah, views. we did. We really did. Um, but, uh, you know, you 
you knew more than you could do in yeah. the beginning. Would you say that? Yeah, that's and that's difficult too because because you understand it, but you can't get your body. You know, I was I was never a great athlete. You know, I wasn't. Like, you know, most of the guys in the business are great athletes. I could pretend to be a great athlete. Like, you know, like I would look great dropping a fly ball, you know, running, running towards it and then just, you know, the ball goes right by. But I looked athletic, you know, missing it. Um, and I was, you know, just a mid-card athlete in high school, you know. And uh, But I understood uh, psychology. I understood human nature. I understood body language. And so, but getting my body to convert to the body language that I saw, you know, like, I remember when uh, I was one, I, when I first started in a business, I was in Memphis working for, um, for uh, Jarrett, and uh, Ken Wayne, uh, who uh, <laughs> turned out to be, uh, well, whatever, yeah. anyway, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but, uh, so I remember, like, I was out with him one night, and he said, your lockup sucks, he goes, and so I was up, like, four hours, like, till four in the morning, he's teaching me a lockup, and I couldn't, I understood the positioning, but I couldn't get my body to do it. And so, so it took like four hours. And I remember like, but the lockup was such an important aspect because it sets the tempo. And, it's I, you. and I remember, and I remember then teaching Paige and I found I was really good at teaching as well. Yeah. Because I understood the body mechanics, you know, which is, which is a lot of guys don't have to, or just naturals, the body mechanics like Bobby Eaton, you know, he wouldn't have to think about anything. He could just do everything just great. Whereas I had to figure it out and, uh, and then get, first you have to figure it out um, mentally. Then you have to get it to uh, your body to apply it. And then you have to get it to become natural looking. So, yeah. So, uh, you know, so it became very, I became very obnoxious because I knew more than my skill would uh, indicate. And, and that's, that's so rare. Wouldn't you say, Jake? Oh, yeah, you, guys, I mean, to me, it took, you know, it took, uh, I was around some of the greatest minds and, and I consider you one of those guys, Rave, who was way ahead of his time, you know, and, and me, <laughs> I, I, I can remember me and you and Nash yeah. on the road and we developed the click because Raven, Unlike me, I can't talk that much. Raven. <laughs> wow. You say, wait a minute here. <laughs> we got, we've got three monster talkers, Nash, Raven, and myself. And Raven would always go, no, that's where you're wrong. And then he would interrupt and just say something. And at some point, I don't remember if it was Austin. Well, it, was, it, was because, it was because that because I was never tactful. I would just call everything as I saw it, and I never put – any, you know, nicety to it. So I was like, no, that's where you're wrong. And so it just, yeah, it's obnoxious, you know, but I was, I was so insecure as a kid that, that it, that's how it manifested itself as being egotistical and whatnot. And, and, and it's funny because you would think that people that are egotistical, you wouldn't think they're insecure, but that's the whole reason. No, that's the reason why yeah, they are. Exactly. Unbelievably insecure. Yeah. <laughs> but that's where we develop the click. Yeah. Like, you know, we would change the channel. If someone clicked, you had to shut the fuck up. And we would oh, click Raven. Yeah. We'd click Raven. And I'd always be in, I'd always be in the back seat because he's 6'4 and, and Nash is 6'10. And so I'm always stuck in the back seat because there's less room back there. So I'm, they would just turn around and click me. I was like, motherfuckers. Cocksuckers. <laughs> but it's funny because when you look at me, you and Nash, oh, you God. know. The, me tagging with Nash and then doing the Scotty Flamingo. Flamingo. Yeah, the one punch bingo from Flamingo. Yeah, that was great. Uh, <laughs> we're not talking about your career, man. 
I, I love that? that Dallas. He's he's played so many roles. He's contributed to wrestling in so many ways. You've utilized your knowledge that you, you're just saying here. You you really absorb stuff, and you were able to implement it in so many ways. I would argue that we're talking to one of the more versatile performers in the history of professional wrestling right now, Thank Dallas. You. Thank you. Well, it was out of necessity. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Because he'd get fired. Yeah. <laughs> be, as, be as useful, be as useful yeah. as possible, yeah. though. Yeah. You know, the Dusty Smart. would always say that, you know, you need, you know, in, in my scenario, being a manager, a wrestler, right. you know, uh, a, a guy who's in the back being in charge of production and helping guys with interviews. And, you know, so. Uh, yeah, I was everything from an associate producer on Monday Night Raw to a manager to and but. It all it all came about because I wanted to stay in the business because, you know, I wanted to wrestle. And so that's why every time I got a chance, every time I got taken away from wrestling, whether it's a manager or it's, um, you know, then I would then I would. Luckily, they kept me on camera when, when I was in WWE. They kept me on camera and made me an associate producer, you know, as a, when I was a manager as Johnny Polo. And then, um, and then but once they took me off TV and just had me as a backstage grooming me for the booking committee. I was like, that's it. I got to go. I got to quit because I want to be, I want to wrestle. Uh, and, no, wait, let, let me interject. And, and like, I, I really want to know, because I know you've, you've told me the story, but I can't remember it right now. But going up in New York, like in getting that in New York for your other people out there, that's WWE. All right. So going, getting in New York as, as the manager, like how did that happen? I was where I, WCW watch came in and watch got rid of me because he didn't like me for some reason. And because uh, I was a chicken shit heel and he didn't like chicken. He, he wanted all tough guys. And uh, and the worst part was I helped train his kid, you know, and his kid went to bat for me. And, and he still, you know, and Dusty had big plans for me. Remember when I came in and Dusty brought me into Scotty Flamingo and he said, he's a baby. I'm going to make you the Flamingo kid. And I'm going to you're going to win the, the junior heavyweight title. And then I'm going to have you challenging for the heavyweight title. And Paige is kicking me under the table because he can't believe Dusty's put me over so strong. <laughs> and I'm like. I'm like, my shin will never be healed again. <laughs> and, uh, and so, so big plans. And then all of a sudden, and then the first, and then the first pay-per-view I did when I got back, I wrestled Pillman at it and nobody really knew me. So they didn't know what to expect. And me and Pillman had this great match. And, uh, and I came back and there was like a line in the locker room to put me over to say great match, which I'd never seen before, you know, or since really, you know, <laughs> <laughs> let me ask you, did, did I bring you in to be dusty? Was I know we had met in the yeah, gym. Yeah. 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 That's what, that's what I was going to get to that. Yeah. So, so page is, so page has been there in a lot of spots for me. He helped me get the, the, the audition with dusty and got me. And then that's when dusty put me over. And had big plans until Watts kiboshed him. And then Watts, I talked to Watts years later. He's like, hey, if it wasn't for me, you never would have been Raven. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. <laughs> good point. Hey, indirectly. Yeah, indirectly. He's right. right. I know, he is. He's right. And, uh, breathe, breathe. I so, <laughs> yeah. so I, lo- I love Cowboy today. So let it go. So <laughs> I love Cowboy. So, uh, so that's where Paige helped me there. And then, um, and we stayed really good friends, and then I, when I was in WWE, um, I was like, I gotta quit. I don't want to be. I don't want to be just an you know associate producer and be. You know, I don't want to be on the booking committee. You know, maybe when I'm forty I, or fifty. I remember seeing you up there, and you said, Jake, what should I do? I said, brother, if you want to wrestle, you then you have to fucking go. Yeah, someplace else to wrestle. Right, and then so I was talking to Paige about it, and his Paige is like, you gotta change your gimmick. Chicken shit heels, nobody's buying them. I'm like, yeah, but but they're such good for they're so good for drawing money, and I'm yeah, and I'm good at it. And he's like, no, you got to be a tough guy. I was like, 
everybody's a tough guy. Just stunned to death. You know, he's yeah. like, Paige's like, you got to be a tough guy. He goes, he goes, you know, you remind me of those red hot chili peppers in that movie. Wait, Point so, Break. Let me back, let me back up. Let me back up here. Because what had happened was how this ever came. And Kimberly is the one behind it. We were in, um, uh, Hulk did his first tour. I think it was 94 or 95. Whatever. And he came in, we went to Europe. And while I was over in Europe for two weeks, all I saw that was the only thing that spoke English back over there was MTV. Right. And the only bands that I kind of knew, this is the early 90s, right, was was uh, Bruce Springsteen was up for an award. Boy and, George. No, no. Uh, <laughs> friggin' um, Aerosmith. And the rest were like Green Day and Nirvana and all, all those right. type of bands. And I was t- one of my buddies picks me up named Tony Bellagrosi, and he's one of oh, he's the me. top Tony Bellagrosi, the top promoter of, of big shows in New Jersey. And he's picking me up at the airport because we we're going to spend you know spend a day together, go to dinner, blah blah blah. And Kimberly's with me. And when I get over the you know get in the car with him, I start talking about the thing over in Germany. And, he goes, yeah, he goes, he goes, who's representing those bands today? And, um, man, I go, nobody. And I, right away, I think of Michael P.S. Hayes, you know, as the, you know, in the Freebirds is rock and roll. I think of rock and roll. Classic Press. rock, classic think, rock. Yeah, but I think about all those guys for each generation. Right, right. But there's no one for this one. And I go, who could play that? And Kimberly says, Scotty could. And I went, oh, yeah. So if you're the type of person who's always thinking about new business ideas or wondering what's the next side hustle I should spin up, well, here's a podcast recommendation for you. My First Million. The hosts Sean Perry and Sam Parr have each built eight-figure businesses and sold them to Amazon and HubSpot. Each week, they brainstorm business ideas you could start tomorrow. These can be side hustles that make you a few grand a month, a big billion-dollar idea, or anything in between. Take one episode I loved, which was episode 158. That's where Sam and Sean explained how to make millions by buying Michael Jordan's house and turning it into a museum. If you love any of our business content we do on the show, I think you would absolutely love this episode. They also chat with founders, celebrities, and billionaires and get them to open up about business ideas they've never shared before. Like you can check out their conversation with Rob Deerdick in episode 224. That's where you'll hear about a guy who has built a $400 million media empire who's been tracking every second of his day for the last decade. So don't waste any more time. Make sure you check out My First Million. That's My First Million on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. But, but I remember specifically you said you watched Point Break and the Red Hot Chili Peppers, they go, you go, you look like them. You right, were, I thought it came to that. was right. part of the conversation. Right, and because I wore a leather, like, you know, like Vince was trying to make me wear a suit and tie when I was producing, Man. and he's trying to reform me. 
And, uh, you know, then I immediately changed back into Doc Martens, ripped up jeans and a leather jacket. You know, I was like the first person to grow his hair out, you know, because the mullets were in, which was, I don't know how mullets were ever in, but they were. And uh, <laughs> Yes, they were. And, <laughs> and, uh, and so, so Paige's like, you look like those guys. And so then I go, then I took that, 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 that germ of an idea and made it and then created Raven out of it. So Paige will always get, uh, it's like an assist in hockey. <laughs> but also, I called Paul Lee. Now, I, know what I, was, I haven't got to that yet either. So he calls Paul Lee. This is a great story. So he, once again, Paige comes to the bat, comes to bat for me. So he points me in the right direction. And, uh, and he's already got me in with Dusty before. So now, now he's pointing me in the right direction again in my career. And now I'm like, I got a guy. I finally, I was living in Philadelphia because it's where all the indie shows were, the central hub. So I was like, I got to... Um, and then I, I finally saw the ECW show. All I'd heard was bad things about it. You know, it's garbage wrestling, it's this and that. But it was the most, most amazing wrestling show I'd ever seen. It was so, it was provocative. It was mind, uh, mind blowing. It was challenging. It was, it was creative. It was different. Man. And I was like, I got to be a part of that. I said, Paige, you got to get me, a, get me on that show. You got to get me an ECW because I was waiting for Cornette to bring me into Smoky Mountain because I knew the Raven character had to have TV to, to get it over. I wouldn't be able to go like so like Regal when he got when his career went down, he went he just went and started having good matches and got clean and, and the good matches, the style that he fought, got him got him into got him back into the into the limelight. Whereas with me, I'm a character, so I need to get I need TV to get to build my my brand. And um so uh so Paige, so I I went out one night, so it's a Saturday, it's a Friday, Saturday day. Friday night I went out, got all coked up, was out till five in the morning. <laughs> pass Not out. Nothing like the character. Yeah. Go ahead. Pass out. Pass out. My <laughs> roommate wakes. Me, my roommate wakes me up. Says, "Oh, you gotta go. Gotta go pick up the phone. Pages on the phone. It's like two o'clock, and, and I got drool out of my mouth. You know, I got eye boogers. You know, and I'm like, all right, what is it? What is it? He goes. He goes. Paulie's giving call. Call Paulie. He's waiting for your call. I got you a starting date. I'm like, oh, that's great. So I hang up. I call Paulie. Paulie goes. I'll call you right back. So he hangs up. I'm like, what? And so, like, Paulie, that was Paulie's big thing. He, no matter what he was doing, he would always have to call you back. I love Paulie. And uh, so then he calls me back. So I, and he goes, blah, 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 blah. The starting date's this at this location. I'm like, great. I hang up. And my roommate's like, what did he, what he say? And I told him. He goes, when are you starting? I go, I don't remember. <laughs> I was too hungover. I was like, I don't remember. Now, wait, wait, I, I want to see if you remember this. So... <laughs> He was a completely different character, obviously, as Scotty Flamingo, Johnny Polo, whoever. And a lot of things that Scotty would throw in there, because he could do, like, you know, hey, boy, you talk like this a little bit sometime. <laughs> and I, I said, when he comes up with the name Raven, I go, dude, that's it. That's the name. And I said, let's hear you do some promos. This is freaking before I call Paul. Because I wanted to make sure that he was going to be that guy. And he called me up. He started doing a promo. He started getting I go, yeah, but I don't know. That's really it. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. We go back and forth. I and at some point, he's not, I, I remember freaking at one point he comes up and he does this really good promo. And he goes, yeah, boy. And I went, click. <laughs> I hung up the phone. He goes, can we get disconnected? And I go, no, I hung up on you. That's not the guy. But you're really close. And then he called me up with... The what about Raven thing? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm like, dude, yeah, that's him. 
Yeah, it was, that's him. It was it, it was a process. It's funny. It's like what it turned out was Raven was the was the inner child in me, right. magnified by ten. But I didn't see it as that at first, and so to me, I was trying to build a character when I should have just been trying to. One, but once it started going, I started to realize that it was coming from in here, you know, not from out there. And you know, not to sound metaphysical, but you know, it was really it was crazy too because like I came up with the outfit, the name, and the catchphrase all within like a two-minute period. I was like, That's I was like, it happens, yeah, it's, it's divine inspiration. I'm yeah. like. I'm like, uh, I go, I need a name. I go, what's the name of the guy in the crow? What was his name? Eric Draven, Draven, Raven, Raven. Quote the Raven nevermore. Okay, boom. boom. And I had it. <laughs> that quick. And then I go, what do I wear? I go, well, I need ripped up jean shorts. Well, I got that. I need, um, you know what? I go, I got a thick waist and no chest, so I'll wear a concert shirt. <laughs> so I'll wear a T-shirt and cut the sleeves off because I got big arms. I had big arms. Uh, and, you uh, have big arms. Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> They're gone to the wind. <laughs> um the um but your hair looks good yeah thank you thank you <laughs> the um and uh so then i go i need some flannel so tied around my waist at first that, I that first, was a cool hip look at, wait, wait, the, wait, look you're gonna love this at first i cut the sleeves off put the flannel on as a shirt and i'm like oh my god i look like big josh <laughs> <laughs> there's a there's a name from the yeah, past yeah he, he was a hell of a worker yeah huh? matt warren was great yeah they, um anyway so then I was just going to say, they say the best characters are the ones that are yourself turned up to 11, right? So right, how, sure. how, how much of you, Scott, is in Raven? And I, by Stop. all means, I apologize. A lot. <laughs> A lot. A fucking lot. All, <laughs> the <anxi> all the anxiety, the turmoil... So what about me? The oh god, it's all me. I could go on and on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but I hide it behind a mask of, of indifference and talkativeness. Talkativeness. That's a good one. That's a good yeah, one. Yeah. Yeah. So by now you know that on this show we're all about getting better, and one of the ways I've started to get better is I'm using Athletic Greens AG1 every single morning. And I have to admit, at first I was a little skeptical because my wife recommended it to me, and. Well, she's recommended some things that don't taste all that great, but not only does it taste pretty good, I'm actually feeling better than ever. And I give 100% of the credit to that to AG one. Let me explain what's going on here. AG one and just one scoop every day, one delicious scoop every day has you absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day out. Right. This special blend of ingredients supports gut health your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, your focus, your recovery, your aging, all the things. But what's worked for us is it's easy to travel with. It doesn't taste bad. Uh, and man, I just know that I'm getting everything I need in one single serving every day. Uh, I also want to mention, because this is important to me. If you have a weird diet, maybe you're, uh, trying some new things. Maybe you're keto, maybe you're paleo, maybe you're vegan, maybe you're dairy free, maybe you're gluten free. AG one is still for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, no artificial, anything. And it still tastes good. Uh, it's also going to support better sleep quality and recovery. It's going to support mental clarity and alertness. And by the way, it's pretty doggone affordable. It costs you less than $3 a day. And really you're investing in your health and that's probably cheaper than whatever you're spending on your coffee, right? Uh, it's cheaper than getting all these different supplements yourselves. And this is almost like investing in an all-in-one nutritional insurance. 
But what I'm most excited about is you don't have to take my word for this. Seriously, go just check out Athletic Greens reviews. What you'll find is more than 7,000 five-star reviews. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash Snake. Again, that's athleticgreens.com forward slash Snake to take advantage and take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's athleticgreens.com forward slash Snake. So, so bottom line, you go there and you just kill it with yeah. Tommy Dreamer. I mean, the shit you did with Sandman and the stuff you did with, with Dreamer. And it, oh, you, you'll pop for this. I don't know if I ever told you this. The first time me and Dreamer, the first time we were working, he needed color. And he's like, and he was known as Tommy Dripper at first because he could only get like drips of blood. He wasn't any good at it, which he became great at getting color. Yeah, but, he did. <laughs> but he's like, he's like, yeah, he's like, will you get my color for me? He goes, oh, God. He goes, yeah. So, so he goes, only once, right? so, so he goes, he goes, you got color in Portland all the time, I'm sure. I go, no, we couldn't get in Portland because the commissioner banned it because of Billy Jack is a whole other story for another time. But I go, no, but he didn't hear no. He just heard yes. So he's like, so I was like, all right, I guess I'll gig you. So, and the, all the boys were using these, uh, these super sharp, uh, not cutting off razor blades, but using these super sharp surgical tips. tips. Yeah. Oh my God. So oh my I cut them out there and I gaff them and I go coast to coast on them. Oh, <laughs> and it's, it's that picture you see in a magazine where Dreamer's head, there's a line like right across the middle of his forehead where it's forehead above it and just red below it. His whole face is red. That's him. And he's like, he moved, right? yeah, no, he didn't move. No, I just, it was a perfectly placed coast to coast. <laughs> and then he's like, he's like, he's like, and I handcuffed him to the front of the, uh, the, to the front of the ropes, you know, facing the hard camera. And he's like, he's like, uh, and hit me with a chair shot when, once you're done, you know, handcuffing me up. And I'm like, I'm like, he's like, it doesn't matter how bad I'm bleeding. He goes, I want you to hit me with it. I'm like, all right. So I look at him and he's just gushing like you know, nobody's business. I'm like, ah, fuck it. He said to hit him. Whap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jerry, at that point, Dreamer, he was like, he, he was like, we could do a thing someday. If I get like AIDS or something where I die in the ring and you kill me. You know, so he was all he was all in. He's all in. Nah, the dreamer Tommy don't know how to do it any other way, man. Yeah, all in. Uh, but it was it was fun to watch. And what I had told Paul was when I called him up, I said, "Listen, this is something that I'm building for us because I was taking over, helping to make young talent come up." But me and Eric, and only one knows it is me and Eric, and. Brave was one of those people. And at the time, Paul didn't give a shit if he was left because he was he was gonna do everything he could not to get him to leave anyway. Well he didn't even he didn't even think it was a serious character. He thought it was gonna be like a comedy grunge character, like based like similar to my old characters, but only with the grunge, you know, like Well it would have been if we didn't friggin' go back right, and forth. Right. <laughs> and I didn't like, no, not that. This is the guy. And then you just took it you took it to a different level. But I told Paulie. When it's time for him to come, he's coming. Right. You know. And that and that buried that got me. Me and Paulie, he hated me for a couple of years for that. But 
But after that, you know, like, I mean, Paulie, like, is the most creative mind I've ever oh. seen in this business. I mean, the guy is so brilliant. The, the best work I've ever done in my career was with him. Because um, he would just let you go. But he also, but it wasn't just that. He would also, what he would throw in, he'd go like, what about that? You of know what I mean? Of course, I mean, he saw pepper on steroids, man. Right. He's salt such a pepper genius. On steroids. Yo, he's, 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 he's not the not the not the funk group, the girl group. No. <laughs> the uh, you no, know, I think Paul's one of the greatest geniuses ever today. Yeah, the best talker. You know, I mean, for what he could do, and you know, you look at a guy that uh, literally has been on top for twenty fucking years. No, forty years. Well, forty, but I mean, on yeah. top, I'm talking about in the freaking WWE. He's been there for twenty five years, and he's never lost the spot he's always in the bobby heenan spot yeah but you if know? you think about it he was probably working on top since like 90 1990 yep, that's true too yeah, yeah we can go back to uh 35 um yeah 35 years but i, I just the biggest part of the show because he was a wcw wcw wasn't the wwe was still the show but either way yeah I, the point is the guy's been phenomenal He's a genius of the business, and that's why you can still freaking go out there and just knock it down. And he really helped you, and yeah. you know, be ready to come there. You know, when, when we were hot and you came in, and being able to put that whole crew around you. Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like uh, the most influential people in my career were uh, the grappler who I worked with in Portland, uh, who taught me how to number one. He taught me how to think psychologically, psychologically, taught me how to book, taught me everything. And, uh, and not because he wanted to, he made like, he wasn't one of those guys who would just teach you. You had to ask him the right questions and pick his brain. So I had to do with Jake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, but it, you learn better that way. Yeah. Um, and then Jake, who I, who Raven had so, so much of Raven is taken from Jake's, you know, just like the sitting in the corner I got from Jake, you know, I, he was the first one to realize that if you talk softer, people have to t- lean in to hear what you're saying. You know, if you just scream and they just they sit back and go, oh, I don't want to hear that. Change the channel. You know, Paige helped me so many times in my career and got me so many breaks, you know. And so and and Paulie, you know, and Paulie was enabled me to do what I wanted to do and, and allow me to have the creativity and and create the masterpieces. That I think that we did. And uh, so those would be the four most influential people in my career, probably. So at this point, you know, the guys are all about trying to figure out a way to get better. Well, science tells us the best way to achieve and maintain consistent deep sleep is by lowering our core body temperature. Temperature controlled sleep is going to repair your muscles after a hard day's work, and it's going to improve your cognitive function to strengthen your athletic readiness. And that's why this Memorial day, chili sleep is working with veterans organizations to support our hero sleep and recovery too. Let me explain if you're, if you're not familiar with chili sleep, guys, this has been a game changer in my life. I absolutely love it. I love it so much. I travel with it. Chili sleep makes the customizable climate controlled sleep solution that you need. You need it to improve your entire well-being. I say that from experience. I'm sleeping better than ever. I give 100% of the credit to chili sleep. These are water-based temperature controlled mattress toppers that fit over your existing mattress to provide you your ideal sleep temperature. And I mean, ideal, like my wife sleeps warmer than I do. I like sleep a little colder. We can do that. This is like a smart thermostat for your bed. And this cooling technology leverages water's amazing thermal powers for deep restorative sleep. Chili sleep systems are designed to help you fall asleep, stay asleep 
and give you the confidence and energy to power through your day. Head over to chillysleep.com forward slash TDP snake to learn more and save 30% off the purchase of any new cube or Uller sleep system. This offer is available, especially for DDP snake pit listeners and only for a limited time. That's chili C H I L I sleep.com slash DDP snake to take advantage of our exclusive discount and wake up refreshed every day. Uh, Jake, what stands out about Raven's body of work to you? He came into ECW at this time where counterculture was a very popular thing in wrestling. The attitude era is all based off counterculture and his character fit perfectly. So what stood out about him to you? I think what stands out about him most to me is he didn't settle for what they were giving him. You know what I'm saying? He, He had his mind set he wanted to be a wrestler. And when Vince was doing that thing with him, he had a great spot. Didn't want a great spot. Didn't want a great spot. He wanted to wrestle. And I ran into him up there, and I said, hey, man, you have to go someplace else to do it. He did. And I just appreciate people that never give up. You know, they just constantly work at it, work at it, work at it. And he did. And I've watched some of his stuff, man, and it's always been solid. But I've always liked selling, and I always like stuff that makes people think. Yeah, and that's that's another thing I got from Jake is selling. I mean, like to me, selling is so much more interesting than anything else you can do, and it's and it's democratic because anybody can do it. You don't have to be a great athlete to sell. You know, my mom could sell it. If you punch my mom in the face, she'd she'd sell the shit out of it. <laughs> you know, but uh, yet people don't sell because. I don't know they why think it's weak. they think it's weak. Right. It's crazy. So it's smart. The toughest guy is the guy who keeps getting up, not the guy who keeps knocking him down. Right. I you know, one of the things, one of the things like, when we started, you know, coming in and, um, and you started making your way, like I was already on my way at that point, And I wanted to elevate you and Benoit. Those were the two guys that I wanted. And we had, some of the best matches yeah. and but whether it was then then at one point it was me and ben wagon you and perry and some of the tags man click click it was <laughs> great okay, nice move. Nice it's not gonna work here <laughs> it's your show yeah it's your show you can't be clicked but i liked it though um, but i mean some of the like perry saturn he was, he oh, was amazing amazing talent yeah man I remember coming to see you in ECW. One of the things I came to see you, I want to say it was in Pennsylvania somewhere, and you were in some bingo hall with <laughs> ECW. And it was, if, it, if it was a, if ECW never ran a building with a shower. <laughs> it's, it's where it's where I, it's where I learned to not take a shower after the matches. Like I would always like, you know, you always took a shower after the matches, but there was no showers, so I would take a bird bath in the sink. Now I get I get a woke mob would get woke mob me, but I would just get undressed. Didn't matter who was standing around, and I would just get undressed. Nobody else was taking a shower. I'm using a bird bath with soap out of the sink and water. Oh wow! Rubbing my balls, cleaning my balls, nice and pretty. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. So at this bingo, (laughs) wherever you were at ECW, I watched Perry take some crazy bump. Yo, over the top, came down. Was that when he injured his leg? Yeah, no, his head. Oh. He blew his whole freaking head open, and he was he was tagging with what's the Cronus? Cronus. So now I'm come, he's come back, and this is the first time I ever meet him. And I'm sitting like on the stage area behind the curtain, we're watching the matches, and he comes up, and he is all bound up. He had like the spirit of '76 look going, and his shoot because he is wide open, and 
something hits and we're talking and he goes, okay, got to go. Boom, and he takes back off into the ring and finish off the ring. That is, I thought Perry Saturn, of all the guys, was one of the toughest sons of bitches. Oh, my God. God. And you know what the funny thing is, is he blew out his leg on a match and um, and uh, it was out of action for like a year. And uh, the week before, I had finally convinced him to stop doing so much crazy shit. He's like, okay, after next weekend, after this weekend, I'm not going to do any more crazy shit. You know, I'm going to keep it in my, keep the crazy shit to a minimum. And instead, after that match, he blew out his leg. I'm like, ah, oh. it's just, you can't, te- you can't teach them until they learn on their own. Yeah, it's like, it's to me, it's like, I look at some of these kids today, what they're doing. I mean, it's, it's, it's unbelievable athleticism. Unbelievable athleticism. And I like to see some of the uh, the older guys who are in their 30s or whatever, uh, you know, slowing some of it down and really selling it and taking it to that that level. But some of those young, young guys who can do anything, so they'll do anything. Wow, man. Can't well, it's a, X-Pac's always said it. He goes, nobody could have told me to stop flying so much when I was started out. And I'm going to tell And now I know better. And I'm going to tell all these other kids, but I know they're not going to listen no, because yeah. nobody could tell me. You know, you can't. Right. And, you learn. and sometimes you see that one thing about me starting at 35, as hard as it was for me to start at 35 and a half and hitting that mat and shit in the beginning, man, that makes you hurt like hell in the beginning. You know, there's one thing starting there, but the other side was I was 35 and a half. So I was much smarter than I would have been at 25. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And, and you had you had made money, so you didn't have to rely on the business for the money. So you could you could not that you wanted to leave it, but you could take it or leave it, which is a huge thing. You know, it's like I'm a big UFC fan, UFC Mark, MMA sure. Mark, and uh, and it's like I can't believe these guys train, you know, for a fight and have a job. You know, like it's ridiculous. They like have I, to because yeah, it's, it's, I mean that's what the NFL was. When it first and the NBA for that matter, but yeah, in the seventies, yeah, right. But they had real jobs. And then they played football, you know. So it's yeah. kind of like because the, the the machine had not grown. Now it's see forty seven million dollars a year, yeah, you know, for quarterbacks. It's freaking crazy. Yeah, and who who what can you do with that much money? Like you know, it's like it's like billionaires. Like now, like a lot of billionaires are doing, or at least they claim they are. They're gonna divest themselves of all their income by, you know, either when they die or when, uh, at some point. And I'm like, why are you waiting until then? What are you going to, you, what can you do with a billion dollars? You know what I mean? For, it's, I think it's, you know, it's, you know, it's just the ego of all that. Like yeah. for me, it's like, I just want to be comfortable and right. my kids some shit. You, you want to be content. I mean? You want to be content. I want to be really comfortable and be able to do what I want to do. And I'm in that spot now. Right. If I'm doing something that's because I love it. The reason why I did this because of Jake. Like, I didn't want to take the time out to take the, the but, but but you found that you uh, having a platform for you to put a spouse your career you, you know, about your uh, how well you've done isn't a bad thing either. Yeah, but I get again. I know. I'm kidding. You, you know, I don't need. I don't. You don't need okay. the ego. You don't need I the don't, ego. Yeah. No. Page really is like me. Similarly, he had a, an ego issue back in the day. Sure. Like, well, because you you're trying to prove yourself, and nobody's listening. Nobody believes you. Right. Right. Nobody and, believes in you. And and hopefully if you can convince them that you're great, maybe they'll convince you. You know, yeah. it's well, kind of. I, I think it just takes it. It takes some time, and once you finally start proving yourself, then I don't need to hear from anybody. Right. If anything, today with what we're doing with DDP Yoga and stuff, and you've seen all the stores. Like when I had the summit, I had the summit in this building right here. 
130 people here all transformations right and most of them i don't know them yeah. but they've had this great transformation because of dpy and they just want to meet me and hug me and 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 tell me how thankful and i and i, I it's it's y'all you know, sting had trouble so I, I never had trouble signing autographs i i love making people happy that way right you know especially when it doesn't cost them anything right and if you find me anywhere you know if it's not at an autograph show if you find me i'm gonna sign sure but nothing because I, you know, I want it but if it's a site then it's a business thing because normally someone paid to right. come in to do it right but i never a lot of guys like i know sting never felt really comfortable you know being like being Everybody wanting his autograph right. and stuff. Today, it's a whole different world. But when he started, he would, you know, a lot of guys don't like that. They just want to do the work, right? You know what I mean? And and for me, I I had no problem signing. But when it comes to this, it's like I just it's okay. I don't take. You know, do you ever really think about like? Nah, I don't really take it that seriously. You yeah, know, no, I, yeah, I, I, that's just gifted me, giving me this gift. Yeah, know? and I can't. It's like. That's why I, I didn't like being a baby face so much because I, I found it hard to take the adulation back in the day because I wasn't happy with myself. So people cheering for me, that felt wrong. But, but being booed, yeah. that felt great. It's like, right. and you'll find that most, most heels don't really want to be heels. Nobody really wants to be a heel in this business. I mean, maybe 10% of the people like Jake, he oh. liked being a heel. MJF. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but but I, since I don't really follow current wrestling, to, but my point being, though, is that um, is that it. most people do not want to, no matter how much they claim they like being a heel, they want to be a cheered heel. You know, they don't want to be booed because that's not a good, that's not a normal human nature. But for me, it always felt like second nature to get booed because I was unpopular, you know, I was egotistical, I was insecure. That felt like my place, and and I love being a heel. And but that's but that's why Raven worked so well for you, right? Right. Um, yeah. Absolutely. Get the house you want with the payment you want at buywithconrad.com, and you don't need perfect credit or money out of your pocket to do this at buywithconrad.com. NMLS number six five zero eight four equal housing lender. The first step to buying a house is buywithconrad.com. If someone relies on you financially your spouse, your child, anyone. Life insurance gives you the peace of mind that they'll have a financial cushion if something ever happens to you. By making it easy to compare your options from top companies, Goliath Life helps make sure you're not paying a penny more than you have to for the life insurance coverage you need to protect those you love. At GoliathLife.com, you can compare personalized quotes from top companies to find your lowest price. The process is fast and easy with no hidden fees, upsells, or hassles. Goliath Life is your one-stop shop to find the life insurance you need at the right price. Head to GoliathLife.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you can save. That's GoliathLife.com. You know, and when you can, like you said earlier, John, when you can take that inner thing, and Scotty had a fucked up childhood. And being able to use that because he was he was mentally beat up for we talked about it and 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 then and then thinking that that because I wasn't sexually abused or physically abused that it didn't that it oh it shouldn't count then just being you know emotionally you know so emotionally troubled shouldn't well so then I beat myself up for not being abused more you know what I mean it's it's a really it's a vicious cycle I spent 
I was telling Jake this before the show that um that uh when I went to a psychologist when I was in WWE at the end as Raven when they weren't using me well I finally said I got to go see a psychologist because I felt so depressed because they weren't using me well and and I learned two things one I didn't mention to Jake because we were talking about something else but which is that you're not what you do for you are who you are. You're not what you do. But most people identify themselves by what they do for a living, 100%. by what their job is. And if your job is if you're treated like shit at your job, you feel like you're a piece of shit. So that's one aspect of it that, that I learned different. The other was that I that I, I felt like my career wasn't successful, even though I'd been to ECW World Champion and WCW. Uh, I had a really good spot there. And, you know, and. I felt like my career wasn't wasn't that I wasn't a very successful career. And yet, if anybody would have brought that up to me and said, hey, what do you think? Is my career successful? This is what I've done. I'd be like, fuck, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But and, and, I, and I had to learn that I held myself to a higher standard, even though which is just pure arrogance. You know what I mean? But I was holding myself to a higher standard and I had to learn to allow myself to not be held to that higher standard. Because there's so many other reasons why you may not be successful. You know, it has nothing to do with talent sometimes. Sometimes it has to do with attitude. Sometimes it has to do with uh, positioning. Sometimes it has to do with, you know, a bunch of different, you know, size. Um, and, uh, and that was one of the things I learned. I was telling Jake that that's so difficult to tell yourself to, to not hold yourself to a higher standard. And once I did that, I was able to look back on my career and go, oh, yeah, I did have a hell of a fucking career, you know, and to be able. And then I was and then to finally have TNA afterwards was, was such a godsend because I didn't have to end my career in WWE the, being used. And looking back, I mean, you know, people remember me for the hardcore matches and, and which, you know, like all, the, all of that stands up. But at the time, you know, that was every couple of weeks, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't on TV all the time. I wasn't being used, you know, in any higher than that. And uh, and being able to uh, to go okay to go to to finish my career at TNA on top, that was just a, that was just a blessing in disguise, you know, to get let go by WWE at the end. Yeah, well, yeah. Again, I I, I always felt that you're know, going there and doing that little run with me and you had, you know, yeah, you know, because we our shit was bringing to me. When I look back at that, you know, I mean, it's one of my favorite people to wrestle was you because we'd been friends for so long, just like Merrow. Right. We'd been friends for so long and we'd worked out together and we, we gotten to know each other's moves. And we, and we could be honest with each other and say, all right, you, you want to do this for the wrong reasons. Right. And you want to, but, but here, but you want to do this for the right reasons. We need to do more of this and less of that, you know? Right. And we could be completely a hundred percent honest. And that's why I like, some of my favorite people to work with were people that let me that threw under two. They always throw under two cents, but the people that would trust me, like Dreamer, always trusted me. Like if I go, I want to do this, this, and this, and he'd be like, I don't know, and I'm like, you got to trust me. And he would always give me his trust and always. But he knew that if if it sucked, I'd come out afterwards and go, Yeah, I was wrong. That totally sucked. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you were like that. Yeah, I mean, like was I've no. I think I think it's strength. It's a strength to admit when you're wrong. Um, but because my ego was so big that people then never heard when I admitted I was wrong. All they ever heard, all they ever heard was me going, I'm so great. I'm so great. You know? So yeah, it's, well, it's weird. What, it's the weird. What, the what about, the what about Raven thing was a blessing and a curse. Oh, uh, the what about me? What about Raven? Yeah. Because the blessing and a curse. Blessing was awesome. 
and people bought it. But then when you buy into your character too much and you know, it's like anything, yeah. you know, it, it, it starts, starts to hurt you. But you know, like the whole thing with Eric and everything, it was like, you know, when, when you had all that shit with him, it's just, if you just could today, you would have handled that completely oh, different. But, 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 but the good thing is now, I don't need to look back and go, oh, I should have done it different. I'm like, yeah, I did what I did. I did make the best choices I could at the time. And I'm happy with it. You know, I'm happy with my career. I'm happy with what I've done. I don't go back and look at stuff, not because I didn't enjoy it, but because I've already done it. You know, I like to live in the, in the present. And uh, smart. yeah, smart, you know, and my goal is to be 100% content. You know, I'm not there yet, but, but contentment, I think, is, is the most admirable goal because you can't beat being content. You know what I mean? I mean, that's where you got, you know, you finally got to, you know, where you, instead of struggling and, and always trying to claw and trying to get a little more, you're finally to the point where you're like, I'm cool. I'm content. I'm happy. I got what I want. Now I can just lay back and help others and help others. Yeah. And that's, that's, that, that's my mission in life. Dude. Yeah, the only uh, problem I have with it is the helping others part. <laughs> <laughs> well, you help plenty see, of people. but you did you because I want to bring that point up because you are, you embody something different. Like a guy like CM Punk looks at Raven and he identifies with Raven. And there are other workers who may not have looked like your stereotypical wrestler, but they look at what you were able to accomplish and they say, maybe there is a path for me to make it in there. Did you ever carry uh, any of that with you? Yeah. Like, you know, like I've always said that a couple of my favorite things to ever hear from fans, fans or from, from fans is, is that uh, they'll, like, they'll ask one another wrestler and they go, is Raven that really that big an asshole? Yeah. And, and that's like, it's, it's Sometimes. To, me that, to me, that's the biggest compliment, though, because it means they're buying my bullshit. You know, yeah. they're buying my, what I'm doing. My favorite thing from wrestlers is uh, like Sterling James Keenan, you know, Corey Graves. He, uh, he told me one day, I was telling his story and I go, I said, uh, my favorite thing is when somebody tells me they got into the business because of me. That's like the greatest compliment you could ever have. And he's like, I got into business because of you. And, and this is, and I was still, and I was so uncomfortable in the moment. I was like, ah, who'd you ever beat? You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I, and then I went in and then, and then I went and found him a little bit later. And I was like, man, I'm so sorry for that. I just, I felt so uncomfortable with the praise because, because, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot. That's a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. To, to have somebody get into business because of you, you know, but that's still the greatest compliment you can get, you know? Great, great. So let me ask you, what were your, what were some of your favorite matches? Um, favorite matches are, I think the five favorite is me and Rhino in uh in Backlash, where we uh where he where he tried to spear me and I moved and he went into the shopping cart. I thought that was like as great a hardcore match as you could possibly have. Um, I thought the Rhino, uh, that's an underrated guy. Uh, underrated. He's, he was so good. Yeah, and so believable. So oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> um, Another one of those tough Canadians, man. And so strong. I remember we were going over to where I was going to, I wanted to pick up the shopping cart on the floor and bash him in the head as he came out through the second and third rope. But I couldn't lift the thing up because they're so fucking heavy and they're so unwieldy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Something so, so. Oh, yeah, I mean, like a real grocery store cart, right, the old school right, ones, right, you know. Right. And uh, he goes, I go, let's do the spot the other way. I go, and he, he picks it right up, yeah, you know, like, like like it's a cup of coffee, you know what I mean? <laughs> and so, you know, so uh, I'm running, I, I'm getting, sticking my head out through the second and third. He picks it up and whops me in the head, and then we set up the spot. But that was one of them. Um, the, um, 
What else? Uh, Gotta have a dreamer match on there. The double dog collar with the pit bulls. Oh God, that was that was one of my favorites. Um, the uh, what else? I think the Goldberg match. Because uh, if you go back and look, and I, I was pissed at the time because that was going to be me and you going back right. and forth with that title because, right. you know, I, I had that title for a long, long time and going and giving it to Raven, it, it was the whole thing that Benoit back because those two guys, I thought both of these guys are world champions. Like it's just a matter of time. Like both of these guys are the top guys bringing believable shit. You know, he, he puts himself down for being a great athlete, great wrestler. And to be a great wrestler, you got to be a great athlete. It just, you were just a, you were like me. You were a guy who's a, um, what do they call it? Uh, don't, don't start uh, slow, not slow starter, but late bloomer. Right, right. Late bloomer. Right. You know, and I honestly believe if I kept wrestling at 23, you know, I never would have been able to handle it like I did starting it. Yeah, yeah, it all worked out yeah. for the right for you. Exactly, but you know, when it comes to uh, kind of what we were just talking about right before that, about uh, me and Goldberg. Oh yeah, so Goldberg. So I, I was so psyched for us to go back and forth, and then my plan was because I could control a lot of my stuff, you know, because being tight with Bish at that point, and it took till then. I was not there with Bish and that, except for the lower part of the card. But now I'd earned the respect, and I had it after the Savage thing. So I used it, and I wanted to use it to bring my boys up. And I wanted to do that. And then Goldie, of course, they once they saw what was happening with Austin, they hit on him, and he was red hot. And he, he took the strap right off, right? But you gave him a great match. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at what happened over the next 100 and some matches, ain't nobody had the match that you had. With. Yeah, thank you. You know? Thank you. What's yeah, your favorite was... match with Dallas, Scott? What's that? What's your favorite match with Dallas? Uh, Spring Stampede, I'm pretty sure. Isn't that what it is? It? I was always, you have to look up to tell me that, but I'm, that was always my, that's why I beat Savage. That's why we're world title. I'm always positive. That's when we did the, the triple cap. Yeah, I think the triple threat. The triple threat was uncensored 98. That was you and Benoit oh. for the U.S. title. But oh, then, was, then, that was the, then that was the match. And, and, and for Spring people, Stampede wasn't as good. Spring I think Stampede that was when they had the bales of hay. Match. Was that the one with the bales of hay and stuff? Like the set, there was a set piece with bales of hay uh, in the, uh, by the entranceway. Yeah, you, you used a bull rope in that match. That was Spring Stampede. Yeah, that wasn't as good as the Uncensored one, I don't think. No, the Uncensored, the uncensored one was friggin'. That, that one with, with the three of us, that was so good. And the people, I mean, when we did the triple sleeper spot, yeah. the triple suplex spot, uh, which had never been done before. Right. No, one's, no one's ever done that yet. Uh, and if we, if very rarely find something in wrestling that's never been done before. Um, but... It, it bummed me out so bad when I have pretty much control of the very best of nitros, you know, like they gave me like, what matches do you want to talk about? Blah, blah, blah. blah. Like I got in every thing, every time that you and I were together somewhere on some great match, Benoit do a run in right. or something because it was keeping us all together. And again, to elevate all three. But, but actually, I just remember my favorite page thing 
was we were on MTV, the TRL, oh, and with the Carson Daly, which was like the hottest show at the time. And uh, Paige is being interviewed with the Foo Fighters there. And so, and then all of a sudden there's a TV, you know, on the set and uh, the screen comes on and I come on and start cutting a promo. And then all of a sudden Paige is like, ah, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, ah, listen to this idiot. And all of a sudden I, I was on stage. I came up behind him and bashed him with a stop sign. And oh. of course Paige said, make sure you lay it in. So <laughs> I laid it in. But wait, let me, let me interject. There's this stop sign that's this big, the one you see on the road. When you hit that guy right in the middle as hard as you want, boiling, it's going to hurt, but it's not going to hurt anything like the stop sign that's this big. Sure. That has the yeah. same amount of steel in it. And it's, it's like hitting you with this. Yeah. And he hit me. And if you see, ever see, you'll see David Grohl jump off yeah. and like almost land on the lap of his drummer or whatever. Yeah. And man, Paige. Paige wanted to be mad at me so badly, but he couldn't because he's like, because you got to lay it in on stuff like that. But you know? I told you to lay it in. Right. Oh, my God. But I was thinking, boing, I was going to get that one, not the the thud. <laughs> but it was still a lot of shit, enough to make Grohl jump off his thing and then DDT me through the thing, uh, through the table. And those guys were so cool after, right? Oh, yeah. They loved watching it. They loved watching it back. It was pretty cool, man. The, uh, I used to test weapons before the matches. I'd go backstage, and when I was doing the hardcore thing in WWE, and uh, I'd have the shopping cart full of stuff, I would test them on myself. I'd go, gonk. And if it didn't make any noise, <laughs> it didn't matter how cool it looked, couldn't use it. Because if it doesn't make any noise, the people nothing, people can right? only see it and hear it. They can't feel it. So if it doesn't – like one time I was wrestling Dreamer in ECW Arena on Thanksgiving, and uh, some fan handed him a turkey on the floor. And so I, of course, I see that. So I'm going to feed him. So I stick my head through the second and third, like I'm going to reach him because I was in the ring. Stick my head through the second and third rope, and he goes, and he goes, bonk. It just made a bonk noise because it was frozen. And I and I blacked out for like a half a second. <laughs> right. And I, I was like, I was like, unconscious, conscious. What the fuck was that? <laughs> the people are going, boo. They had crapped on it so bad because they thought it was just a regular turkey. They didn't realize it was frozen and it hurt like a son of a bitch. But it just goes to show you that you, they can't feel it. So they can only see and hear. And if it doesn't make a noise, and that's why you can hit them with something really cheap, those flimsy pots. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. He, bring it, he was like, we've, now I've never done this, but he's like the king of the hardcore shit. Right? So he goes, I go, dude, that must have hurt like hell. He goes, no, come here. And he shows me this pan that looks like it's going to kill you. And it just, it made the loudest noise. And it dents around dents your around head. head. I go, oh, that's perfect. Yeah. And one of the things I came up with, like they have those plates that are plastic. They're like this. But when they break, they break like glass, but it's plastic. And I would like spray paint it and like DDP on it. And I grab it from the fan who has been set up to have it there, grab it and break it over and shatter it. And you just you know, fall to the Rumble. ground. I used, to, I used to love taking when I, a garbage can every so often. I would take it and turn it so I'd hit him with the bottom of the can. And I remember the boys would be like, oh, fuck, he's hitting me with the bottom of the can because it looks like it hurts more. It's the same thing. It's the same <laughs> as the sides. It doesn't hurt anymore. But for some reason, it looks more painful. So I remember so many guys going, eh, and I'm like, eh, this ain't going to hurt a bit. <laughs> 
And the shit that, that like, like the turkey, the shit that does hurt uh, looks like shit. Right. Like you don't buy it. Like you shit on it, you know? Yeah, like when you get stiffed, it usually looks like shit. You know, when you get <laughs> stiffed in a match, it usually looks terrible, but it hurts. You know, that's that's the worst when it's terrible and it hurts. Well, we are so glad that you've been able to overcome frozen turkeys and every other hurdle that's been placed in front of you to hang with us here on DDP Snake Pit. Uh, this this has really been such a great conversation. What have you been up to these days? Anything you'd like to plug out there? Hey, what's uh, your show? What's the name of your show? The Raven Effect Podcast. It's a professional shit show. Um, <laughs> we, it is. Uh, it's um, it's just me and a couple of buddies just talking shit. Um, there's not a lot of wrestling talk. There's, it's just whatever what comes up. And if you want to just feel like you're listening to three buddies having a conversation and feel like you're a part of it, it's really entertaining. It's a lot of nonsense. And, uh, nonsense? Yeah, oh, non- wow. nonsensical banter, uh, absurdities. Um, and mainly right now I'm just recovering. I had knee replacement surgery on my right knee. And, uh, and I got as soon as that's done recovering in another month, I'm going to get knee replacement surgery on the left knee. Ooh, good. And, uh, but it's, it's really, yeah, but it's not as bad as I thought it would be. I mean, I was really like, oh, this is going to hurt so bad. It's going to suck. But it really hasn't been. It's been really easy, you know. So knock the left knee out, and then I got to get the right shoulder done. Um, like, I didn't have a whole lot of big-time career injuries. Like, I herniated three discs in my back, and, uh, and I had a rotator cuff surgery. Um, and during, but that's, you know, in 30 years, that's not a lot, you know what I mean? And, uh, well, not, but now the wear and tear, yeah, now the wear and tear finally caught up to me. So right. both knees, I already had one shoulder replaced like in 2013 and it hurts so bad that I've waited till 2023 until I'm waiting until 2023 to get the other shoulder replaced. <laughs> but, uh, but once I get the knees and the shoulder, then I'll be fine again, you know, and, and what, you know, who can, how can you not be happy? How can you not be, you know, content? After, uh, you know, 30 years in the, 30 plus years in the business, you know, I got money. I got, I got an old lady. I got, you know, I got a nice house. You have a beautiful old lady. Yeah. A beautiful old lady. Yeah. <laughs> a beautiful house. Um, and I'm just, uh, I'm just retired. Semi-retired. You know what I mean? I go on the road when I want to, I don't go on the road when I don't want to. You have any, do you have any signings coming up? No, because because uh, of my knee replacement, I uh, I took time. the whole yeah good. I took the, all the way off. I took everything off to like June or July, and then uh, realizing I'm going to get the, the other surgery in July, I'm like I'm just taking everything off till November. Hey, you know one of the things I want to talk about, sir, is in are you do are you eating healthy now? Or yeah, you, yeah, yeah. There, yeah. There, there is a product here, and again, Athletic you know, Greens. Yeah, yeah, I got. We they sponsored our show too, and uh, oh, they sponsored. I, yeah, I sampled them. They're oh, I, they sent me a, uh, the, the big sample box. Right, right. Oh, it's amazing. I love it. I mean, it like I I'm when I first saw Tony Robbins, you know, talking about this type of thing. You no, know, he right? has acromegaly. He's acromegaly, like, giant, giant, giantism. Yeah, I buy that. He got a big head. Yeah, but he's not that big. You know, he's, he's not six eight. Is he six eight? Yeah, I thought he's like six right, two. No, dude, I'm right next to him. No, but I went and saw. Him. Oh. But he was talking about this. And he had so much energy. He spoke for 11 hours when I saw him. Oh, my God. I'm thinking, whatever he's doing, I want to try it. But it tastes like mud. You know, then I thought, okay, I'll try another green drink. So I went to like, uh, to uh, this is before I started doing organic juicing. And I went to um, another like whole health food store. Give me your best, best tasting green, blah, blah, blah. And it had sugar. Yeah, but it had a tenth of what 
Yeah, right. AG1 has. And the best tasting always has way more sugar than you want. Exactly. Right. But, you know, then I went to just, I forget all that shit. I'm just going to drink regular green juice. I, you would never, I would never have believed that there is a powder that has as many vitamins and enzymes and all the right shit, one gram of sugar. Yeah, you don't have to sell me. Sell them. No, I'm I, I'm... We're, talk, we're talking about it. I'm not trying to sell them I shit. know, I know. I'm kidding. You know, the bottom line is for you to do it. Yeah. That's, you know, and, and to really honestly do it. Jake really does it. My wife does. And I don't really put anything over unless I'm doing it. Right. You know, I'm not going to definitely put it on where anybody else can hear about it. But I was blown away by the taste and the package. And I still haven't gotten my, my next uh, box. I'm expecting it to come. But, I mean, I love the, you know, we were on the road. We just used the pockets for a drink. And then I didn't have to have my green drink. Because normally, before this, I'd come in. First thing I do is look for a juice place. Yeah. Now I don't. Well, you know what I, I was always amazed by is how much baggage you, like, that you were able to, like, that you had the, the like, not the presence of mind, but but the ability to drag all these different... Still today, bro. Uh, I, I, I want to pack as light as possible, as few things as possible, because I don't want to have to lug my bag around. And, like, you know, even if I'm lugging just one bag in a briefcase, that's like a, that's still a pain in the ass. And Paige is bringing a giant, like a... Blender. A blender. And shakes. Well, you know, before the, there was beauty, the beauty of AG1 is it's just one delicious scoop and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens in the process. And it is... What are adaptogens final. anyway? <laughs> well, all, all I know is that you don't have to worry about any of that because with AG1, you're taking care of the cross <laughs> board there. It's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free or gluten free. It supports better sleep quality and recovery, which I know I need, as well as mental clarity and alertness. And it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health. And it's that, that's, that's the part that I always hit home on the, on the advertising on our show is that it's less than $3 a serving. You know, that's just, that's great. That's fantastic. That. It's cheaper yeah. than getting all those different supplements yourself. It is an all-in-one nutritional insurance. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. And that is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. That big bag that you're carrying around DDP, none of that. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens <laughs> is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com forward slash DDP snake. Again, that is athleticgreens.com forward slash DDP snake to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We love it here on DDP Snake Pit Raven, and we love having you here, man. This has been so great. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, man. I had a great time. I always love catching up with Paige. You know, we, we touch base about every month or two, you know, say hi, but we haven't really caught up, caught up and talked about the old days in forever. Oh, long time. Forever. Long yeah. time. Thanks for coming on, brother. Thanks, love man. On. And John, good. it's been your pleasure. It has been my pleasure. I'm going to click myself right now. Click. We'll see you next time here on DDP Snake Pit.